Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Speed Force Media Podcast. My name is Eleanor. This is the show where every week we give you a recap of our favorite movie news. And this week, I'm giving you my thoughts on the DCU slate, since last week was Derek's turn. Stay tuned to listen to more. Alrighty, everyone, I hope your week has been good and that today has been good for you. It is a beautiful Wednesday afternoon. Today, I'm going to give you my thoughts on James Gunn's announcement of the DCU slate, since right when it released, I unfortunately was a little busy last week and just wasn't able to get on the Speed Force Media podcast. I had a lot of stuff going on with our other channel, Shipwreck Sunday. So, I'm going to give you my ranking. There are 14 items on my ranking. The last of the DCEU movies, or at least what I think is the last of the DCEU movies. Who knows at this point. And then the 10 projects that James Gunn announced. And I'll be giving you them from 14 to 1. So basically what I'm least excited with to what I'm most excited with. At number 14, I put Creature Commandos. Personally, for myself, I'm not a huge comic book reader. My comic book knowledge comes from the things that I have watched, like, you know, all the animated projects and live action projects, and this goes for both Marvel and DC. I have personally never heard of Creature Commandos, and the concept just does not personally interest me. I think having more of a variety with these characters that are lesser well-known will make the world of DCU feel more rounded and feel more complete. So I think it is a good idea to have these lesser known characters get brought into the forefront. But I just personally don't feel any personal connection to these characters or any interest bringing me really into it. It seems like a kind of smorgasbord cast of different creatures, but I can't really say what they are or who they are because I've just never heard of them. So when he first announced it, I was like, is this even in the DCU? I, I've never even heard of this. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with it. I'll still definitely check it out and watch it, but it is my number 14. And number 13 for me is unfortunately Booster Gold. Now, I am, like I said, I'm not a comic book reader, so I don't know very much about Booster Gold. What I do know about him is from Justice League Unlimited, and his episodes in Justice League Unlimited were unfortunately my least favorite. I just did not connect with the character, and he just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. He just kind of seemed a little annoying and irritating to me, but that's just my personal opinion. And I guess you would call me as more of like a mainstream DC fan is I just I like my main cast more there are certain other smaller characters that I do like like I find question very interesting I think he's really cool I also really like Zatanna you know there are other smaller characters like that that I do find interesting but for me I really am more interested in the main cast so Booster Gold whenever he came in to Justice League Unlimited just did not really interest me much. And when I did watch those episodes, it just did not feel 
like Justice League Unlimited to me for some reason. Even though he's totally part of the Justice League and he's a very cool character, a lot of people really like him. And when you hear about him on paper, it sounds really interesting. The fact that he's just kind of this dude who was a total loser in his time and then went back in time to be a hero and to feel the love from people he always wanted. I mean, everyone just wants to be liked and admired. So it's something that is completely relatable other than it being kind of like imposter syndrome, but it is completely relatable to want to be loved, to want to be admired, to want to be accepted. So I'm not sure exactly why I have these feelings toward Booster Gold, and it's kind of sad for me, but it's just not really the thing I'm the most interested in, and that's why he's at my number 13 spot. Number 12 for me is Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is an interesting concept to me, but I'm just not sure how the horror aspect is going to tie into the DCU. Although I absolutely love horror and I absolutely love DC. I'm just like, for me, I don't know how that's going to connect. And I'm sure they're going to make it work and I'm going to end up loving it and regretting putting this at number 12. But for some reason, my brain just can't put that together. It's like a puzzle that my brain just can't figure out. So I'm wanting to see how they're really going to introduce Swamp Thing and make him feel more interesting to me because I always thought Swamp Thing was cool, but I liked characters like Killer Croc more or characters like Poison Ivy. You know, just those kind of characters seemed more interesting to me than Swamp Thing was for some reason. So I hope that they find a way to make him more appealing like to people like me who aren't as familiar with him, who are kind of iffy about how horror is going to play into this. And he said it's not exactly connected to the DCU, so but it will play a role in other DCU stories. So I'm not sure how this, if it's going to be Elseworlds, if it's going to be like half Elseworlds, half not, how it's all going to tie together. And I think that's also why I'm feeling a little uncertain about it, is just because I don't know where its place is exactly, and none of us really do. We're going to have to wait and see what happens before we really get an idea of what's happening. But, I mean, I just still feel, something just feels a little off to me about it. I'm not sure how to explain it, um... But I think that it will still be an interesting concept, and I do love horror, so I am interested to see how this is going to go. Number 11 for me is Blue Beetle. I had never heard of this character until Derek said, yeah, they're coming up with a Blue Beetle movie. And I said, wait, what's a Blue Beetle? He said, you've never heard of Blue Beetle? And I was like, no, I've never heard of Blue Beetle. I don't read the comics. I don't, I don't know what this is. So Derek explained the concept to me, and I was like, okay, that sounds interesting. But the fact that it still is in that DCEU slate is what makes me a little hesitant toward it. How are they going to tie it into the DCU? They made it sound, like James Gunn made it sound like in his announcement video that it was going to be an integral part of the DCU, but it's still from the previous regime slate. So I'm not sure how that's going to play in, and I think that's where my hesitancy comes from. It's just because it's blending those two worlds, and whether or not it's going to blend seamlessly, if it's going to be like part of a transitionary period, or if it's just going to be like, okay, the Flash resets everything, and the DCU has begun, and now Blue Beetle is in it. That is one road it could go, but he also said that the beginning, the true beginning of the DCU was Superman Legacy. So to me, in my brain, what that translates to is that everything before Superman Legacy is either in that transitionary period or could still be part of the DCEU as well as a part of the DCU. 
So that's where I'm kind of struggling with that. Other than that, it still sounds like a really interesting concept. And we're getting DC movies this year. So I'm just excited to see DC in the theaters. Number 10 for me is Waller. And it has nothing to do with Viola Davis because I love her Amanda Waller. I think she is spot on. She is the perfect Amanda Waller. If they had recast her, I'd be really sad because she's amazing. You know, I was part of the group of thinking we need to recast everyone because of the Henry Cavill thing. And I've kind of evolved my thinking into thinking, you know, just because Henry Cavill loses his job doesn't mean people who are wonderful actors and actresses like Viola Davis should lose their jobs. I mean, she did a hell of a job in Woman King from seeing the reviews on that. I didn't get to see it in theater, unfortunately, but... I mean, she's a fabulous actress. Everything I've ever seen her in, I've always enjoyed her. She's very talented. She's a strong woman who has a great presence in every movie she's in. And she just has the vibe of Amanda Waller. She has that down pat. I mean, she's got the intimidation factor. She's got the strong, gruff, badass, like, meanness that Amanda Waller needs, and I just love it. My only thing, why this is at number 10 for me, because you're probably thinking, Eleanor, you're speaking really highly of this. Why is this only at number 10 for you? It's just because I personally didn't like the Peacemaker show. The Peacemaker show just wasn't made for me. It just was, it wasn't like, I don't have a problem with vulgarity, necessarily, but it just was a lot of dick jokes, and for me, that just wasn't something I was into. And so the Peacemaker show, the fact that she's teaming up with Team Peacemaker, is where I'm kind of like, eh, I'm unsure. And I'm in the minority, definitely, with the Peacemaker show. Most people like it because it is a very well-done show, the cast is great, everyone works well together, and it has a really funny chemistry to it. It just didn't work for me. We'll see what happens with this Waller show. I'm still excited to see Viola Davis back. Number nine for me is The Authority. I personally feel like with The Authority, it's going to have kind of like a, almost like maybe The Boys a little bit, but mostly like Watchmen is how I'm interpreting the feeling of this is going to be. And so I am interested in definitely seeing that. And these characters all look very, very intriguing to me. I think they look very different compared to the rest of the DCU cast. And the way that they're thinking just seems more like a realistic take of what a superhero would be like, at least for me. They kind of have more... This is what my interpretation is. I've never read the comics, so take this with a grain of salt. I'm not an expert. But to me, it seems like they have more of a jaded look at the world and they want to refine it and and like James Gunn said, in any means necessary. So that could be through violence, that could be through manipulation, that could be through a lot of different methods that most general like big blue Boy Scout superheroes would find unorthodox. And I think that is something that we kind of struggle with as comic book fans at times because, you know, People are always like, no, Batman doesn't kill, or this superhero doesn't do this. They all have a very strict code of ethics. So when you see a superhero whose ethics are kind of blurred, it is intriguing, and it's interesting to see, and it feels more real, I think. Like, look at the boys. They have some really blurred ethics, and at times just really fucked up morals. But that show is just incredible, and I always enjoyed watching it. Same with, like, Invincible. You have characters that don't necessarily have 
the greatest ethics. But they are superheroes. They do the right thing from time to time. Just sometimes the way they go about it isn't necessarily the way we would imagine a superhero to go about things. And I think the authority is going to be a lot like that. So I'm interested in seeing how that's going to be. And I'm ready to be introduced to some new DCU characters like that. At number eight for me is Lanterns. Although I really like the Green Lantern Corps, and I find everything in that universe to be very interesting, it's just the way this show was described that I think didn't sell it to me. Because to me, when I hear Green Lantern Corps, I think like space adventure. I think we're in space, we're going to different worlds, we're saving different worlds, we do spend time on Earth, but not all of it is spent there. And James Gunn described it as terrestrial, which to me, I'm like, that is on Earth. That is primarily on Earth. There are space police, is what he said, but that it's mostly spent on Earth. At least that's my interpretation of it. And so I'm just not exactly sure how that's going to be. It seems like it's going to be kind of like a cop show. And I do love me some cop shows like NCIS, you have Criminal Minds, you have CSI, you have all these really good shows. My only problem with those shows is this kind of freak of the week. It's like, okay, this week is this murderer, this week is this murderer, this week is this murderer. And I'm worried that they're going to do that with Green Lantern. And I'm not sure how that would work for me. I personally just would be like, eh, I like having seasoned villains a little better. I like the way the CW kind of does their villains. Not all of it is great. Uh, Derek and I do what is called anti-cheese editions, so we just kind of skip over the things that are like, okay, this is really cheesy, and let's get to the good stuff. So I like watching the anti-cheese editions of these CW shows where it's like, okay, let's skip to where these villains are really good. And usually it's like, if you watch like the Vampire Diaries, you have Klaus, who's this really powerful vampire, and he's really intimidating, and he's the villain of the season. So if they do that with Lanterns, where it's like, okay, we have this really intimidating villain for the season, or for the, even the entire show, where, like, this is the main villain, but each season we get, like, a tinier boss or something like that, I would really like that. I'm just not sure if, if it's going to be a freak of the week. I might be a little more hesitant, but then again, we don't know if it's going to be that way. So just take what I said with a grain of salt. But that's why it's at number eight for me. I have Supergirl woman of tomorrow as my number seven now it's no secret that supergirl is not necessarily one of my favorite characters and it's not like i have a problem with derivative characters because i do like derivative characters look at batman beyond i love batman beyond you look at all sorts of derivative characters like i love kid flash he's really awesome i like wally west compared to barry allen i like them both however supergirl i just never really liked that much and maybe it's because I only really knew her in the animated universe, and I just didn't always love how childish she was. Granted, she was a girl, a little, like a young girl, a teenage girl, so we can't expect her to be fully grown up or anything. So I had unfair expectations, and that's on me. So I'm just really interested in seeing this more jaded side of her, though. I'd never heard of this kind of storytelling with her, where she's seen all of the people she loves around her perish and she's just kind of alone on this kryptonian rock before she ends up on earth and i would love to see a supergirl that has a tragic backstory i think it would make her that much more compelling that much more interesting and i just am here for it i do really love superman the character not just henry cavill's but all of superman's stories and so i'd be more wanting to see more in the super family you know so 
I'm excited for this, and I'm actually surprised by how excited I am for a Supergirl movie, because I never thought that I would be into seeing a Supergirl movie. At number six, I have Aquaman The Lost Kingdom. So, you might think that I would put this a little higher, because I do like the DCU movies, and, well, DCEU, and that I do really like Aquaman, and I do like Jason Momoa's Aquaman. However, for some reason, this movie is just not interesting me as much as it probably would have a few years ago. I think it's just because of how long it's been since I saw the first one. I mean, it's been, what, five or six years now since the first one came out and we're now getting the sequel? It almost, to me, feels a little, like, too little too late, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it is. It just means that I need to watch the first one again to get hyped for the second one. Also, I'm kind of hesitant to see it just because of the Amber Heard thing. I'm still going to watch it, of course, but I just don't know how they're going to tie that bow up neatly. If they're going to continue with her, if they're going to kill off Mira, if they're going to recast. I have no idea how they're going to compensate for all of that. And that is kind of also putting a damper on that movie for me. I'm just a little weirded out by how that's going to happen. You know, it's like the same thing with the Ezra Miller drama. It's like, we all have to wait and see how that's going to shake out. And I'm just not sure how it's going to shake out yet. Number five is Shazam! Fury of the Gods. I was a lot more excited for this movie, oddly enough, with the first trailer. When I saw the second trailer, it made me less excited. I don't know why. I mean, I really love the Shazam! storyline. The first movie was a great movie. It was a feel-good movie. I just don't understand why. I watched the first trailer and thought, hell yeah, I want to see this movie. I saw the second one and I'm like, meh, looks a little more disappointing to me. I can't put my finger on it, but for some reason it just doesn't feel like the Shazam movie I thought we were getting with the first trailer. The second trailer just felt completely different to me. Although the villains look great, like Lucy Liu and Hel- Helen Mirren look amazing in it. I'm excited to see that. I'd love to see a dragon, like hell yeah, sign me up. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's because they had more Eminem in the first trailer, and I love Eminem's music, and they just didn't have him in the second trailer. I don't know what it is. But I'm still excited to see it, and I still want to see where they take Shazam. I think I'm also a little less excited for it, because I have no idea where Shazam's going to be in this new universe. We have no idea what's going on with him. Even though they've done all these announcements, they still haven't cleared that up. So we don't know where Zachary Levi fits in, if at all. So it just feels very uncertain. It just feels like everything's still up in the air. And I know why they did that. It's because you don't want to say, this person's being recast before the movie even comes out. Because then people will be like, why the hell should I even see the movie? It's not going to matter in like six months. So if they're going to recast, they will announce it after the movie comes out. That leads me into my number four, which is The Flash. I am excited for this movie because we are going to have the king, Michael Keaton, in it. And I hear that we're going to have Ben Affleck in it. And it sounds like it's going to be a fantastic movie. Every DC executive is buzzing about it and saying it's going to be an awesome film. So it makes me really excited about it. Now, I'm not going to lie. This movie would have been number one for me if they would say that Reverse Flash was the main villain. It's not one number one for me because Flashpoint, in my mind, especially when you watch the Flashpoint Paradox, we just watched that DCU animated movie, and oh my god, I love that movie. It is so good. It's such a good representation of that storyline. And I just wanted that in live action. And it just sounds like it's going to be really different, and it just kind of disappoints me because I wanted 
that reverse flash moment. I wanted that Aquaman and Wonder Woman moment. I wanted, you know, Cyborg and Thomas Wayne. I wanted all of that. And it doesn't sound like that's what we're getting. So to me, it doesn't feel like a true Flashpoint movie. And especially because we're not getting Eobard Thawne. I love him as a villain. He's such a strong villain. He's so sassy. He's just got the best, like, oomph as a villain to me. And he's one of my favorite GCU villains. So I'm just disappointed that he's basically going to get a cameo in this movie and that it's going to be, well, this is what's rumored, we don't actually know, that it's going to be an evil Flash instead. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I just wish it would have been Reverse Flash because he's already an evil Flash. We don't need to make up another evil Flash when we already have Reverse Flash. I'm also a little more hesitant toward this movie, of course, because of the Ezra Miller drama. We don't know what is going on with Ezra Miller? Are we going to keep them in the universe? Are we recasting them? We have no idea. And again, they're not going to announce that until after the movie comes out because you don't want to shoot the movie in the foot, especially when this movie is like a 230 plus million dollar movie. So I can see why they're doing that. I just hope they do recast because we just don't need any more drama attached to this universe than we already have. Number three for me is Superman Legacy, and you might be surprised by that, especially with how angry I was with the Henry Cavill recasting. I am still sad that we're not going to get Henry Cavill in a Superman movie, but I understand because we are going to be getting a younger version of Superman. Of course, I'm going to be really sad because we don't have Henry Cavill's, and that will always make me sad, but it doesn't mean that he can't come back as an older Superman later, like Man of Tomorrow, or if we have a crisis event sometime in the future, that he can't come back as the older Superman, like Brandon Routh did in the CW-verse. So I'm just going to move forward with some positivity in mind and try to keep my head up and look forward to the future instead of just dogging on it, because I have no idea what this is going to be. And I am still excited to see a Superman movie. I still love Superman the character, so I want what's best for the character. And if that means we're moving forward with the younger Superman, but we still get a franchise out of it, we can get a trilogy of movies plus, then I'm here for it. And especially if they make a really good casting. And it sounds like they're going to finish the story first, and that makes me excited too. Like, let's get the story done, and then let's pick our actor. So I think they have the right idea. It sounds like it's going to really kick everything off, is what James Gunn said. So to me, that's really going to be where the DCU starts, at least in my mind. So I'm excited to see where that begins. And we're going to get that in July 11th of 2025. So that's only a couple years away. And that makes me pretty excited, too. My number two is Paradise Lost. It's going to be an HBO Max series with Wonder Woman and really taking place on the mascara. I'm really excited about that because they said it's going to have like a Game of Thrones feel. And I know that a lot of series are going for a Game of Thrones feel right now, like the Lord of the Rings series. There's all sorts of things that are just going kind of for that big budget feel. But I think it works for Wonder Woman because they are such a warrior community. So I think it's going to work well. And that medieval kind of feeling, that heavy culture, I think it's going to be good. And I just love Wonder Woman. So whether they recast her, whether they use Gal Gadot, I'm going to be happy just to have Wonder Woman in the universe. And to really see Paradise Island, that's the only thing that bothers me is it's the mascara, not Paradise Island. I'd rather they just call it the mascara. But I can see why they're moving away from that because it was known as that in the DCEU. So they're trying to make a separation. And I get that. But I really think it's going to be 
an interesting series, and I can't wait to see how they take it and what direction it goes in. It looks like, judging by the pictures that James Gunn showed of it, it looks like it's going to be like a battle-heavy show. So that makes me excited, especially with the HBO Max budget. That's going to be good. My number one is Batman Brave and the Bold. I am really excited about this because I really do love me the Batverse. I love Batman. I love his Robins, all of them. And I'm interested to see what they do with this kind of storyline because we haven't really seen a Damian Wayne in live action ever. So I'm interested to see where they take that. The only thing I'm concerned about is usually Damian Wayne is one of the last Robins, if not the last Robin, before we get, you know, Batman Beyond. So I am just interested to see where we go with this. And I'm hoping that they introduce like an older Nightwing in it. Maybe Batman's in like, I would guess maybe his mid-30s, maybe early 40s is what I'm thinking would work best for this. But this is just me spitballing, you know, I'm not a filmmaker or anything. And I think that would work really well for having a Damian Wayne. It's having a slightly older but still relatively young Batman. Because, you know, your 40s are the new 30s nowadays. So I think it would still work to have a Batman in his late 30s, early 40s. And I'm interested to see that father-son aspect and to see if they can tie Dick Grayson into it, if we can bring the Red Hood into it, bring everyone into it. I'm excited to see a Bat family and to see a DCU Batman where it's not just off in its own, like, you know, like Christopher Nolan's was very realistic, off in its own corner, was not connected to anything. The latest Batman with Robert Pattinson, off in its own corner, very realistic, not connected to anything. And I think we've just seen that over and over and over and over and over. So I'm excited to see a true Batman that can interact with the Justice League, interact with other superheroes. I'm ready for that. I think a lot of us might be. You'll have to let me know what you think. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me today. I hope you liked my ranking. If not, let me know down in the comments. Let me know what you think of this. What are your rankings? Thank you guys so much for tuning into this special episode of the Speed Force Media Podcast. If you're listening on Spotify, Samsung Podcasts, or Amazon Music, make sure you subscribe to us so you can get more content and leave us a five-star review since it does help us find more peeps like you. If you're on YouTube, give us a like, maybe subscribe if you're feeling fancy, leave us a comment, we'd love to hear from you. You'll have to tune in next week where Derek and I will be back together again in the episode and we'll be talking about our favorite news of next week. Thank you guys so much, have a wonderful day, and remember to iron your capes.